0: reading from jeremiah 2 and romans 8 from the common english bible listen to god's word people of judah all you families of the israelite household this is what god says what wrong did your ancestors find in me that made them wander so far they pursued what was worthless And became worthless. They didn't ask, where's the Holy One who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness? In a land of deserts and ravines, in a land of drought and darkness, in a land of no return where no one survives. I brought you into a land of plenty to enjoy its gifts and goodness. But you ruined my land. You disgraced my heritage. The priests didn't ask, where's God? Those responsible for the instruction didn't know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets spoke in the name of Baal, going after what has no value. From Romans, I believe that the present suffering is nothing compared to the coming glory that is going to be revealed to us. The whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. It was the choice of the one who subjected it. But in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the world, the whole creation, is groaning together, and suffering labor pains up until now. And it's not only the creation. We ourselves, who have the spirit as the first crop of the harvest, also grown inside as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. We were saved in hope. If we see what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Let's uh, begin with the word of God. God, I'm the one who reads and read us who gives us first breath in the morning, God of the one who lays our heads down at night, God of the one who challenges us to see one another and the world as interconnected and holy. God of the one who has brought us into this newly created space for worship, we do We ask that you would be here, oh God, the spirit that moves us and propels us, that the spirit would be out now meditate of all our hearts, so they are acceptable to you. We pray all this in the name of Christ. God's people say. So, get my uh, so it is good to be with you all. I've been preaching uh, to an empty sanctuary the last three Sundays. that people are in uh, the view. So it's good to see your faces, your eyeballs, to have us all in this space. And those of you that are continuing to be with us remotely, um, we are creating something a little bit different. Um, and I think it is a good model and message for us to say that we are continuing to be adaptable to the world and what is going on. So um, we appreciate everybody's energy and time and effort that's been Bringing us to this particular time. But just to be clear, we're not done.
0: Like this isn't, we've now just done one and we're now going.
1: This is an ongoing adaptability and change and shifting and all that is going to be our life. It has been, it is becoming more and more evident, not just in our personal lives, but in our congregation and in the world. And so, if anything, we have to find security in constant movement and change. Have to figure out how do we hold tenderly to those things that we love and let go of those things that we no longer need and rejoice and embrace new things that may be before us. Now, this is the first Sunday in Advent, and intentionally so, uh, this entire month,
0: not really going to talk about
1: our future together, me as your pastor, not going to talk about uh, changes in the church and all of those things that may be coming. We're not going to talk about um, just ourselves. Or we're taking a breath, or We're going to take a little bit of an exhale and just simply be uh, Not that I don't love thinking about process and organizational things and planning and all of those things. I do enjoy that. But I also am certainly really tired of it. We've been planning and getting things together and adapting to COVID and all of those things for the last year and a half. And I know that we're all really exhausted by thinking about that all the time. So while it might not have been the smartest thing for us to begin in-person option on sort of about Thanksgiving weekend, um, we now begin Advent. And this year's Advent theme is one that's been reoccurring for me and for some of us around what does it mean to be the body of Christ? We're gonna look at um, this idea of we as the body of Christ, awaiting the body of Christ. What does it mean for us to acknowledge the humanness of Jesus in the world and how we are connected? This is today I'm gonna to talk a little bit about our interconnectivity with uh, creation and the environment. And next Sunday, we have the preacher, the, the executive director and pastor. Of the state of reproductive rights out of Texas, um, who is going to be our guest preacher, which um, if you, if all of us have been going on in Texas around reproductive justice. Um, uh, Angela's going to bring the word. Then we're, we're going to talk about body imagery and disability uh, as well. And so yeah, we have to touch on a few different things. I think if we have learned nothing over these last 18 months, it is that the body of Christ as we understand it is broken? We are not seeing one another as parts of the same body. When we as Christians say the body of Christ, what we believe is that it is everyone. I think in our worst times, when we say the body of Christ, we actually just want to have the people that agree with us and say, We're the body of Christ. The rest of you, I'm not sure what you are, but it's not part of this group. Now, intellectually, I think probably could say everybody is welcome. But when it comes down to how we interact and how we see one another on the street, and how we react to things we hear about in the news, I think we are less than uh, embracing of everybody being the body of Christ. And I've said this before. Understanding one another as the body of Christ doesn't mean that we like each other. Right. It doesn't mean that somebody who is challenging me about how I stand on vaccinations or challenging me on where I am on gun violence, or challenging me on whatever it is, I don't have to agree with them or even like them to say honestly and with, with passion that they are to the body of Christ. Because again, if we understand the body of Christ of only being those we, we like or love or agree with or... It's standing in a room with together, that is leaving out the expansive nature of how we understand God's us in the world. And that is a very narrow, stilted, silo version of God. But we don't just begin with the people. Scripture tells us over and over again how connected we are to the very how connected we are to those things in the world that may not have the sentient nature of humanity or of animals or living, but we understand to be interconnected with us. Now, it is um, not my wheelhouse to talk about the environment. I was very clear. I you know, I am right with the planet, I love what we do, I love the nature of our denomination and our understanding but this is not like when people think Bruce raised child they're not like, oh, environmental that's not like probably the top five but I do know that if we are going to see ourselves as interconnected human beings we begin with the creation story we begin with this understanding of our connection to the land air you know, my one of my go-to phrases is first breath morning like that when we wake up the very thing that gives us life is this kindness this environment that we live in and so for us today we begin that in that space reading a hand that is a new in written to and a familiar tune by minister but I want to begin with what both of these passages start with is basically how terrible humans have been how much we have just ravaged the earth. Jeremiah talks about the fact that this great thing you were given, and you've just kind of come in and you've been a horrible to it. You've just you've destroyed everything. And if we read this passage in today's terms, and it rings really true. As we look around and you step outside of the tree canopy of Palo Alto, if you look and expand our view of the world and we see everything that's going on, we know that the places that we would rather not see, our climate and the environment are being destroyed because, as Jeremiah says, we have pursued worthless things. Things that we have wanted to have or to manufacture or to just read comfort for us have been done at the detriment of our environment. How many times do we need to see the great plastic ocean? How many times do we have to see water that is dark and brown feeding into our urban centers? How often do we have to just hear about how people are getting sick over and over again because of the environments in which they're living? Oftentimes, we Formed by racism and poverty, so that those of us with means and wealth no longer don't have to sit in the same kind of filth or dirt or smog or things that are destroying our human body. If you were to talk to my children, you were to talk to many young adults these days, and you were to ask them, Where's your hope for the environment? Many, I dare say, most say there is none that fall into this idea that it's too late. You see it in movies, and you see it in entertainment, you see it in you see all of this it. dystopian, kind of apocalyptic kind of realities. That I don't blame our young folks in many ways for not having much hope. We haven't given them much hope. Yet we say to our younger generation that it's your now your responsibility, and we're going to romanticize your life in the world to get this thing moving and make it better. When the reality is, we were the Jeremiah people, the generation after generation, for most of us, we have not protected the water we have polluted. And so we have to make a choice as we move into the world, as we wait into this advent season for the body of Christ to come back in the world and, and remind us how we are connected to one another, and thus, in first and foremost, how we're connected to creation. We hear in Romans that both creation and the creation are groaning, but yet Romans will continue to remind us how terrible we are, but yet there is hope. We've been adopted. This is language that we've been adopted into this. Community that we've adopted into God's everlasting eternal presence, we've been adopted into the grace of God. However, you have grown up hearing those that language, however, you understand it. What we believe in our tradition is that because God has said to us already, You are loved now and forever. Some of you may have grown up with that, you may give an eternal life, or however, you want to decide how you. That then you respond in this way, even though this thing you've been promised, we don't even know about, we never see, you still respond in hope. None of us knows exactly what's gonna happen after we die, but we believe and we trust that God has said to us over and over and over again that we are going to be somehow united with God for eternity, and so we live our lives today on earth gratitude to that thing that we've never even seen yet. So Romans says to us again, if you're hopeful of things you've already seen, how hard is that? I'm really hopeful that Robin and I will be married 30 years. That was last year. So when the I bet? We did that. I'm hopeful for 31. That's in three days. I think we'll make it. So that is hope, right? I'm hoping that we make the next three days. That's pretty good. That's not really hope. Is Gosh, are we get them. Are we, you know, are, are we gonna to continue to grow in our way? Like right? hope is in these things that to the outside world just seem and see. In some ways, when we hear about people looking at Christians and saying, Ah, they're drunk, they're fools, that's where our greatest hope comes. So for us. We can acknowledge how terrible we've been to creation. We can point out all those places where we have separated ourselves from the very things that give us life every day. We can acknowledge how awful we have been, how awful we continue to be, how much we are chasing worthless things for the sake of comfort and station. But yet we can also, with just as much boldness, say that we have hope for the future. That we as a people can figure out ways to challenge each other and be as political and activists as we need to be so that this thing we hear about, especially our environment and how, how hopeless it feels, that we still believe there is hope. There is hope in the new life, the eternal life that we have, and there is hope in the life, and eternal life of this. That is not a common or something that a lot of people want to say. But yet we're called, we we're, we're fighting for the creation as the creator. The body that is us, waiting for the body that is Christ, begins with Christ coming to earth, coming to on the ground that we all walk on. So as we begin our journey into Advent, as you step out of this place, as you put your hands in the dirt over these next few weeks, as you simply walk and breathe in air, think about what the body of Christ means for us. Remember that the body of Christ is not just about uh, our human-to-human interconnectedness. But the body of Christ is about our human createdness with God's creation. And so we are intertwined and interconnected as we await the body of Christ to come. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, for the spirit that is in this place, the spirit that continues to move us, the spirit that opens us up to the possibilities that you show us that you promise us we give you thanks. We ask, O God, that you would continue to move us and compel us so that we too may be participants in your holy creation. We pray all this in the name of Christ and God's people say, amen.